Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Cameron McHarg and we're back with another episode of Triumph and Disaster. And this week we have Jared Safier, who is an Emmy Award winning producer who might actually be producing my first uh, feature film. We touched on that a little bit, but um, if you just keep in touch on the blog, you'll probably find out a little bit more about that as we go down the road, but we'll see. It's called City Auto, uh, but that's another subject. Anyway, you know, I keep saying this. This is the third, <laughs> it's the third podcast in a row now that I've done outside. All of these guys so far that I've talked to, I've been really, I've been catching them at really busy times. They're busy guys anyway. And so this one was at State Social House. Uh, it's like a bar, cigar bar on uh, on the Sunset Strip. And we were kind of in a little outdoor patio. It's just a little too loud inside. But you'll hear occasionally, you know, a motorcycle or something like that going by. It's not that bad. But I keep saying this every time that we're not going to record like this. And then we keep doing it. But uh, it's not bad. But just so you know, that's what the deal is. So we talked for about an hour. And, uh, and it was a great conversation. I had a really good time. And about the last 20 minutes or so, it gets really into the meat and potatoes. It really got kind of, um, he really talked passionately about, uh, about what it takes to, um, to get a movie made and, you know, the kind of incredibly hard work that this guy puts in. It's, it's really something. And I'm really glad that he did. So um, stick around for the whole thing. Hope you enjoy. Here's Triumphant Disaster. All right. So I'm here with Jared at the State Social House on Sunset, West Hollywood. How are you doing, man? Hello. So we've been hanging out for sure. We've been hanging out for a little while, at least an hour or two here before we got started. And telling a lot of stories that you can't necessarily tell, unfortunately, at least not with names. Yeah, some of them might have to be edited a little bit, but uh, I think I can, I can share some of them if it's uh, a little edited. <laughs> Let's start out a little bit. Keep, your co- keep the mic close to your mouth. All right, we're gonna, we'll keep that in. Don't worry about it. Um, you want to sort of introduce yourself a little bit? I'm just curious, like... Um, you could tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what your what your history is. Sure, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jared. Um, I have been a agent, manager, producer. I worked for NBC Universal for a little bit uh, when Comcast acquired them from uh, GE. I was uh, there during the the acquisition when they were taking them over. I run a mini uh, indie studio, studio um, producer. Uh, Emmy winning producer, by the way, right? Emmy winning producer, yeah. For, for, so you don't have to toot your own horn. For our, our show today, um, we won an Emmy this, this past year um, as a, uh, the best new media drama, which is great because new media is actually we are up against the Hulu and Netflix would be in our category as well, although we weren't against Netflix this past year, uh, who knows this year, and we actually find out in seven days if we're nominated again. Jesus Christ, so congratulations. So that new media being like uh, basically a series that's that's like anything, online sort of. Yeah, anything that's not like, on a physical network. Right. So... Any website, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Roku, Amazon, or Amazon, right? Um, yeah. So anything that is not uh, a stereotypical TV station is considered new media. But that's but the competition is pretty stiff <laughs> on those a things. Very difficult uh, category, and yeah, we we won best drama, outstanding drama. That's some, and so you've done all this, stu- and you're a young guy, by the way. He's you're you. You can't have that many years in doing all this stuff for all these all these accomplishments. Thank you. I mean, did you did you start like uh you started in fi- in finance or something? Did you? I started in finance. Um, I used to work for a, a large finance company for for uh, multiple years, and one of my friends uh, was an R and B singer. He said, "I know you're good with numbers. I'd like for you to take care of my finances." And um, from that, you know, I kind of became his his money manager and then moved into being his actual manager and you know I helped helped book uh, a tour for him in, in Europe 
Sweden, Denmark, Germany, France, England. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, this this could be fun. So that was your. That's how you got. That's kind of how you got started in the whole entertainment that's how thing. I got in. Um, then I started bringing on some more musicians from DJs. Uh, Obviously, we're outside. Yeah. <laughs> so I got into models, uh, and then I wanted to get more in the inter more entertainment side instead of like music side. So I actually started a talent agency. Uh, started bringing on actors, actresses, writers, producers, uh, even an Academy Award-winning student, Academy Award-winning yeah. director. I'm sorry, I just specify that. Um, Is that that's you? You still have a management company, yeah, or no? I still have a management company. Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely decreased it. I'm a full-time producer, so I've definitely decreased. I had at one point 200 clients, and now I'm down to a handful. So, uh -huh. so my focus is really producing, but I, I still manage a few key people that um, I know I can get jobs and I, I know I can use in, in different productions that I'm actually producing. So, but okay, but you, you started in finance, but when you were younger or before then, did you ever have a draw towards doing this sort of thing at all? Did you ever think about that at all? Or that was all new, right? When that happened? Honestly enough, I, I yeah. thought I was going to be, the, you know, nine to five or nine to nine uh, finance guy uh, doing that for, you, for my whole life. I, I didn't I didn't even imagine going into entertainment. Um, L.A. was just a consequence. I, I mean, I, I came out here and I interned with one of the big finance companies and actually took the position um, when I was still during summer going into my senior year. I had already accepted the position out here. Um, my brother lived out here, my sister before him. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I love the area, I love the the weather. So I, I came out here not having anything to do with entertainment, or not thinking I would have anything to do with entertainment. And when you started doing it, when you started kind of your little foray into a uh, little foray, when you started your foray into uh, into producing, did you find a did you find a I mean aside from the business of it, did you find a personal kind of love for movies and, and this sort of thing? Yeah. Or is it completely 100% business for it? No, no, not at all. Um, I did start with a business mind. I knew I wanted to not be in front of the camera, and I knew I wanted to do more business-oriented stuff, and that's why I actually started as a manager and then an agent. And, and I just, I love the thrill of the deal. I, mm -hmm. guess, I guess I'm a deal junkie, if, if you want to categorize it like that. Mm -hmm. but, um, I didn't think I would... Entertainment at all? Yeah, um, it was kind of a kind of a coincidence that that it happened. And then once I got into it, I, I was gung ho. Then you loved uh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, and I've always been a um, movie uh, junkie. That's what I was wondering. That's sort of what I was getting at. Like, if you had a certain kind of, you know, already inherent interest in that sort yeah, of thing. I definitely, I've, I've loved movies since I, I was a kid. Okay, so no wonder you're doing so well once you started down that road. So, like, what kind of can you talk about that? What, what's some of your favorite stuff? Or sure, you... sure. Um, I'm a real big fan of Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. um, I like Reservoir Dogs. I like Pulp Fiction. Um, I, I like, um, let's see, South Sank for Redemption was one of my favorites. Uh, Forrest Gump. I, I like some really good classics, but. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I like the classics, like, you know, um, oh. super old. New yeah, yeah, the Maltese Falcon or something, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to claim. The classics claim for you began in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to claim that I, I used to watch all these, you know, Rosebud and, right, right. and all those. <laughs> I, I have seen them, I respect them, but like, you know, I can't really relate to something that's that old. Right. Um... And I'm sure people are going to shit on me for saying something like that, but well, maybe, maybe I really, not. I really started liking films when I could start understanding them and have an appreciation for them. So it kind of started in the same era that I was watching them, as opposed to looking back on them. So these big ones, these big ones that you that you loved when you were a kid, when you were younger, have you uh, have you worked with any people that I mean, have you ever had these moments, these sort of Surreal moments where you're like, "Oh my God, that's one of the guys that I, that I used to watch in this movie on VHS when I was a kid." I've had really surreal moments for a lot of different, um, a lot of different films. Um, 
Are, are you talking about people I've worked with? Or yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, both. More, more, like, more towards who you've actually worked with or okay, actually sure. got to know. Yeah, so I just did a film with Dolph Lundgren um, called Altitude. Um, I produced with you know, one of my producing partners, Richard Switzer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Richard and I have done six films, and our, our sales agents, Taylor and Dodd, Tyler uh, Connie, you know, we've done six films together. And, um, yeah, it was really cool to see him because I remember him as Trago, and so meeting him, you know, on set. Trago? You mean? Drago from, from Rocky IV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr- uh, Ivan Drago. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I have, by, the, by the way, I have to tell you this, something about that. With him. Yeah. And this is like, a, you know, again, this is, this is not a, uh, damn, that's a loud motorcycle. Sorry, guys. This is not a Citizen Kane kind of uh, thing. This We're talking about Rocky IV. But when I saw that movie when I was a kid, I'm a little older than you. And it had a huge impact on me. And this is why it was the Reagan era. It was the Cold War. Dude, when Rocky knocked out Yvonne Drago in Rocky IV, the fucking crowd jumped in the theater, packed theater, like sold out, jumped to their feet and cheered. And that that moment had a big impact on me just as far as movies. I mean, it's not the movie itself, but just the you know, the communal experience of being in the theater and having people literally jump on their fucking feet and yeah. cheer when that happened. I've never seen anything like it since. That, that's but, actually one of the things that draws me to entertainment is if you can let someone, you know, a lot of people go through a lot of shit in their life. Like, life is hard, ups and downs, you know. You may have a loved one get cancer. You you may have any amount. You may get fired one day randomly. You, anything in this world that is a significant event, I like to be able to provide the entertainment to let them escape from reality for maybe an hour and a half or two hours. And to be able to provide that entertainment and to hopefully make a stamp on, on history of film. Yeah. That, that's another thing that really drew me to it. And that's what drives you right now? That, that absolutely drives me to it. So, can you be a little more specific? Is there anything more specific about that as far as what when you say entertainment? Is there a certain kind of thing that, you, uh, you know, that, that you're looking for? I, so, I do, I do a lot of different films. I, I do a lot of family, thriller, horror, comedy, drama. Everything. Everything, yeah. I, I've, I've done, you know... Um, one day I'm, I'm sitting on set doing a, a kids film, and the next day I'm having someone being stabbed in the eye. <laughs> you know, and it, it's an exaggeration from one day to the next, but sometimes not really. <laughs> we did wrap a film Thursday, and we're in production Monday, and that's this week. <laughs> a con- completely different one too. Completely so one this was an action movie, right? And you've done several several action movies. Yeah, several action films. So, so the past action film that we did. I know I'm jumping around and I No, it doesn't. Please do. It's all right. Let's keep it a, a nice fluid motion. <laughs> so, so the past uh, film that we wrapped on Thursday is called Altitude, which I mentioned. Um, with Yvonne Drago. With, <laughs> with Dolph Lundgren. Um, uh, Denise Richards is the lead. Um, we have Chuck Liddell. Greer Grammer. Chuck Liddell, the UFC guy. The UFC, the UFC champion. Uh, Jonathan Lipnicki. You had a picture with him, by the way. You tell me a little story about that earlier. Uh, uh, about uh, your, your yeah. ch- it's actually a pretty funny story. So, Jeff is a very big, very strong, discriminating guy, <laughs> UFC champion. So, I went over to Chuck and I said, uh, Chuck, I know you're only on set for one, time, for one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm one of the producers, one of the investors for the film. I'd love to take a picture with you. Uh, and I apologize. I know you have a lot to do today, but so I, the producer of the movie was actually a bit starstruck and taking a picture. <laughs> but he was a nice guy, right? Oh, he's, he's super nice. But he's, he's a scary he's, guy. Scary <laughs> so he said, "Oh, sure, sure." Um, and we went to take a picture. And in most of my pictures, I, you know, I, I have a big smile. I, I love. <laughs> smiling big and putting my arm around the person. Well, yeah, yeah. I went to put my arm around him and he kind of just stopped and stared at me. So I was like, oh, uh, uh. So you can actually see the picture. I'm kind of like sitting there with my hands at my side so instead of like smiling and 
very awkward and stiff with a slight, <laughs> slightly pissed yourself maybe. <laughs> And so that's uh, that just wrapped. That just wrapped on Thursday. It's called Altitude. Okay, so that it's hard to say when that's going to be uh, uh, distributed, right? It's going to be 2017. We have a lot okay. of uh, visual effects that's going to go into it. Um, so it's going to take a, a little bit longer than our normal post production. Um, but yeah, it'll be It'll be good. So we already have really, really good sales on it. We just had an article on Variety. Oh, really? How how good the sales are doing, and then that's Taylor and Dodge. How good the sales are, and you finished shooting like three days ago. Oh, we pretty much. We had, we had a lot of good sales before we even started the film, but yes. Even so, after the film. yeah, you are really, really rolling then, and you are a fucking workhorse. Like, you are a really busy dude. How many, like, how many, do you have, what's your slate looking like right now? Um, now and ahead, do you have any idea? It's hard to say because uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but, you know, I have about 20 films in development and 17 TV shows in development. So, I work on a lot of projects. You put a lot of irons in the fire and hope that you know some of them go through because a lot of a lot of projects don't come to fruition. Right, so and that's that's actually very common for a producer, right? You have a, you're, you juggle a lot of things yeah. at once. So, so right now, I'm currently shooting uh, a family film in Connecticut um, with my boys. Um, you know, uh, Richard Switzer, David Gear, uh, Jared Firth, our line producer. Um, and we're, we're doing well. We're in day three going into day four tomorrow. Uh, it's a family film. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say all the talent, but it's a, it's a good family film directed by Christy Carlson Romano. Mm -hmm. She was in Even Stevens with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Um, she's also the voice for Tim Possible, um, and she, she's directing it. Uh, it was written by... Her and Richard and um, George Saunders also uh, had written the original script. Um, yeah, it's, it's going well. I, I know we have a lot of Disney and Nickelodeon stars in it, and I think it's actually going to perform really well. It's called Christmas All Over Again. Uh -huh. And it's, uh, you know, we didn't steal any concept, but if, if I were to say the Hollywood slang, it, it's this and this. Oh, yeah, it's this say, meets this. I would say um, <laughs> Groundhog Day meets a Christmas story. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's going to be a, a nice, like, cute uh, kids Christmas movie. Ooh. And hopefully we'll be as lucky as to have it run for seven days straight. Right, like, uh, yeah, yeah, the marathons. <laughs> the marathons they will do during Christmas. Which is funny, I was actually telling you, um, you know, there, there's such a gluttony of Christmas films, but at the same time, there is so many spots during the Christmas break. You know, Christmas is some, sometimes one or two weeks, and especially for the entertainment industry, it kind of shuts down the entire two weeks in yeah. December. So, you know, a lot of people are sitting at home and, and watching movies. Yeah, I remember scrolling through a, with yeah. a girlfriend at the time. So, this Christmas, you know, it's like you scroll through Netflix and you're like, ah, I've seen that one. You know, exactly. Is there any they haven't seen yet? You know, because you've seen every one of them like 10 times. Exactly. So there's, there's a lot of availability and all these networks are still looking for Christmas content. So, you know what? I'm shooting a Christmas movie. Um, or more specifically, my team in, in Connecticut is shooting a Christmas movie in March, and it's awesome. I, I don't even care because <laughs> we could shoot it any time of the year. Yeah, because there's always need for Christmas films, which is which is awesome. What do you What do you think? I'm curious how what your uh, um, creative input is as, as a producer. Like how you because really you're kind of in a way. I mean, and you correct me if I'm wrong. It's sort of like you're kind of making a soup, you know, and you're throwing in different ingredients with like, you know, it's this director and these actors and then there's so many other variables. Yeah. But how do you feel uh, how do you feel about what you do creatively? I mean, all business aside, do you feel like a producer is a creative position as well? 
it depends. There, there is there is very different producers. There's a lot of producers that are creative that come up with concepts that come up with ideas and and, and help push the story from the original script. And then there's there's producers that are all money, talent, um, you know, more putting together the deal. I would consider myself Although I wish I were more creative, I, I would say I'm more of the business aspect of, of producing. So, mm-hmm. getting talent, um, putting together the finances, doing sales, doing distribution. So, yeah, speak more about this then, because a lot. Here's the thing: a lot of people, when you say producer, I think I think a lot of people have the misconception that, oh, that's the guy that just pays for the movie, like finances it. And producers do a lot. They do a lot more. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. About what, what you you started to talk about, but go ahead and can you elaborate on that? Um, I, I would say I'm more of a business-oriented producer, or, or for, this, for this topic, I, I'm more of an executive producer than I am like a creative producer. I, I, don't, I don't really rewrite scripts. I mean, I have had script input. And for some of my scripts, I, I wrote them and I'm the producer. But for the most part, I more put together the money, the talent. I uh, help find locations. I help get sponsorships. I help get money. Um, you make it all happen, essentially. You're the guy who puts it all together. I'm, I'm more, for, for recently, I, I'm more of the producer that puts together the deal and then lets the production happen. Yeah. So, but that is actually creative, really. If you look at it from another angle, I mean, you. you but when, when you say creative, what I, what I think not of not is, that you're like at a typewriter, you know, and you're with a cigarette dangling off your lip. It's you know with a with a bourbon or something. I mean, it's not like uh, like that. But really, I mean, the fact that you're putting this together and making it happen, it's that's creative. There is. There is other producers that are much more creative, which, you know, will we'll go through the script with fine-tooth comb and say, oh, we need to change this, we need to do this, and we need to do this. More hands-on with more the... More hands-on. Yeah. And I do that, but but I do it more from a perspective of, well, you had, you had a, a sequence of seven different shots, you know, just shot, 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 but that's going to cost us okay. X amount of dollars. Okay. Mine's more of... Well, do we really need a helicopter landing on the Super Bowl? <laughs> like, is that okay. really worth the benefit of us doing it? Because it's going to cost us a shitload of money to right. do that. So, so I'm more of a, a reasonable, like, money. More practical. Yeah. So, like, you've made, like, you've, like, I know you've done, like, um, some action movies that are low budget. Yeah. Like, big kind of turnover, like, uh, Tom Sizemore sort of red boxy type action movies, right? And Blue Line, also in Connecticut. We like shooting in Connecticut. We have a lot of we have a lot of people that are out in Connecticut. We have really good crews, really good locations. David Gear actually is really close with the 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 mayor of Cromwell, Connecticut. So that's where we shot Blue Line, and he. He gets amazing deals, and they're super friendly, super nice to us. Connecticut, you don't hear that that often. I, I, well, we just spilled the secret right when, there. When you get a hookup like that, you, you tend to go where where you get treated well, like Cheers, where <laughs> everyone knows your name. A little eighties um, reference for everybody yeah. out there. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was two. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, it, we, we have really good connections there. So, uh, and, and, you know, we, we work with um, a lot of really good people out there. Uh, yeah, Woodhaven Productions, Tommy and, and David and, and all the guys out there. Are you planning to do more of those, those, type, of, uh, those type of action movies? Tom Sizemore, by the way, was like, he was a guy who, in the 90s, like with Heat, beginning with Heat, I was a huge, huge fan of this guy. Like this was a guy, I started out acting, and this was a guy that I, I didn't really want to be, I didn't even want to be like some kind of big movie star or something. I, but, well, he, I guess you could say that he is, but... I, I he, 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 Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he was, he's, but he didn't, 
and he yes, did he didn't suspicious. actually carry films though you know what uh, i mean yeah, no. he was like a major major character he was, he was actor sort of right and, yeah. but that's like the guy was like god that's what I, I i wanted a career like that you know and i really really admired this guy yeah. and uh he did michael mann did some tv series around two early 2000s it was some la cop series it was like one season or something unfortunately one or two seasons and uh, my girlfriend at the time was an actor and had a part in one of these series. And he ended up, like, not stalking, but really going after her. I was like, dude, you really, <laughs> he really kind of destroyed my uh... – but anyway. He, I was a, and then I got to see him um, in Pearl Harbor. I was there and I basically – you can. I'm like, where, where's Waldo on that movie? You can spot me in there somewhere. Oh, really? but I, yeah, but it was a really cool to, thing. To, yeah, it really is like, where's, where's Waldo? But I was there for about a week, and uh, it was cool. It was cool. But and Michael Shannon, by the way, was in that movie. Not to change the subject nice. too much, but he. I remember seeing that. This is when he was unknown. Yeah. And, he, and I thought this guy's about my age, maybe a little bit older. I was a little jealous. I was. But I remember. Michael Shannon. Um, from all kinds of stuff. Uh, what's what's the thing off the top of my head? Yes, Boardwalk Empire, uh, the new General Zog and Superman. Um, he's a great, great actor, and I remember watching him back then thinking, this guy's... He had a really tiny part, but he was like, this guy's really good. So it's kind of funny seeing what happened to him since then. But anyway, um, yeah, Tom Sizemore, I got to see him work a little bit, and it was really cool for me to, to do that. And it's, I'm actually happy that he's kind of getting back in the saddle again but do you have any stories about that you can divulge about him or no <laughs> uh, he's actually on a new uh, David Lynch film David Lynch series he's one Is of the leads in the reboot of a Twin, Peaks? Twin Peaks no shit I didn't he's know that one of the leads yeah with um, Naomi Campbell and really some really big names. It, it's, it's oh, that's going to be big for him then. It's going to be really big. Um, to go back to your question, <laughs> so I have some stories for you. I have. Well, let's get into some stories in general. Let's just get into because I know. By the way, I already know that you do have stories. We talked for a couple of hours, and and before tonight, we've, I've heard many good stories. I don't know what you can tell or if, if there's anything you can think off the top of your head. You don't even have to mention names, but I know you have some decent stories. Yeah, I have, I have some good ones. Um, I'm going to have to take a pass on uh, <laughs> On him, sure. That's all right. Uh, but I do have some good ones about him. I, I just don't know <laughs> uh, if, I'll, if I'll get in trouble or not for him. So you can say this big name guy... Who's okay. Jesus. Sounds like a Starsky and Hutch episode. Oh, on. Um, so and that was like a Geo Metro or something. So I have a good story about. Um, I was running a indie studio at the time, and what's it called? Uh, or can NBC. you say? Okay. NBC, and we were doing smaller films, and I was running it with a couple of friends, and it actually became a really big uh, show, a really big company. Um, and I say that, all right, maybe not really big. All right, we, we at one point we had maybe a hundred people working for us. That's pretty big. And and. Um, you know, it was on Wilshire in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. the old ICM building, okay. the old MySpace Music building. Is that the one with the big fountain in front or something? Like, like a pyramid or something? Yeah, yeah, right. So, so that was our office. Um, and yeah, we were, we were doing lots of different things. And, you know, things ended up falling out, but I'll save that for another day. Okay, that's okay. Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot when I say stories. I mean, um, so we... At the time, I was, you know, I, I was working at the studio, running the studio, um, and one of my assistants, it was his first day, and I had a list of a list, and, and I say this with confidence, I, anyone in the world would say this, this guy is a list. Okay, I know who this is. I, yeah, I know this story. Yeah, so this is one of the biggest movie stars in the world and has been for a couple several decades yes. um, I 
can't say who because yeah. I'm here for my life. <laughs> uh, so I had him into my office and. He runs a very large studio, and um, he worked for all the big studios. So, so essentially, we were trying to put together a deal where um, something that wouldn't go through Paramount or Universal or Warner Brothers or, or Fox, uh, any of the big studios, or his big studio as well that he runs. Um, so it was going to be smaller budget films that we would do under a label without his name attached. So he wasn't just throwing away all this content that he was getting pitched mm -hmm. but he really likes because so he gets a ton he yeah, gets everything I'm sure he gets yeah. a zillion scripts or I'm sure not him directly but his his, his team right um, gets, gets you know a zillion scripts a week so instead of going through one of the majors or his own studio um, he wanted to try and uh, be able to put it through an, another outlet which wasn't his own and it just so happened that my lawyer um, and his lawyer were very good friends. So, so our lawyer set up a meeting, and he comes in, and you know we we chat about uh, this exact thing about the deal, and it lasted about an hour and a half. And um, you know my my assistant, whose whose first day it was, is like, who are you? <laughs> He's like, I cannot believe this. Just today alone, you had. Six meetings, one with the biggest star in the world. Another one was about buying jets. <laughs> He's like, I don't know who the fuck I'm working for. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, normally you don't get that in, in a resume when you're applying. Right, right. And it's not like, oh, I work with this person, this person, this person. By the way, we're going to talk about hundreds of millions of dollars on a daily basis. Because... Like hundreds of millions of dollars in, in regular life is like holy shit. Right. But, but in, in like movie terms, it's like it's yeah, the norm. Yeah. All right. That, that makes sense. Or in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, in, the, in in sort of studio level. Yeah. So he was really he was really surprised about that. And then it's such a bizarre business. Like only in this business do like anything go. Like my sister yeah. worked as a production coordinator on a TV show. I probably I guess I probably shouldn't mention it, but. Like she had, there was some producer lady that would like re regularly would like throw plates and shit at her, and everybody like like crazy. The whole yeah, and I met some of these, and this, there's so many fucking crazy people in this business. But where would that be allowed in any other business? In, in any other business, is that acceptable? There is so many things that happen in this industry that are completely unacceptable. And this business, no one gives a shit about. No. What your past is, you don't need like you could be fresh out of prison, and if you can make somebody money, basically they would. That's fine, right? I mean, it doesn't even oh, credentials numerous, don't even really matter. Numerous like articles released about like murderers and drug traffickers that fund major motion pictures. I'm not going to mention who or what. I'm yeah, probably get in trouble for that, but. That actually happened. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So this is this is an interesting thing about the industry is it doesn't matter what you know. It's all it, it almost really is who you know, and it's such a weird industry that here. And I'm not an actor. I mean, I've been in a lot of projects that I produce, but yeah, you make your little cameos like I, Hitchcock. Yeah. I, I, I like doing the cameos, but also majority of the time it's more on ass to do something. It's like, all right, who's not completely ugly? Perfect. Jared, you're a waiter. Go shoot that guy. Or, or, or Jared, you're a bartender. Right, no. right. Um, but, but this is, I can, I can understand what actors go through because there is no other industry in the world where every day you go into work and you're not just going to, like, you're not going to your desk and doing a job. Every day, you have to audition to work. It's not like you just have the job. You have to, every single time, try out to have your job. Can you talk about that a little more? Like, what do you mean exactly? What I mean is, like, if, if you're an accountant, you're hired, right? Right. You're hired. You go to work every single day. You right. You go to an office, and you do certain things, and you do this and this and this, and that's your job. Right. You're, you're hired. You do a job. When you're an actor, you 
Oh, I see. As an actor, right? Yeah, you're you. You don't just go in and you have the job every day. Every single time, you have to prove yourself, prove that you're worth being hired. Is that every true? Weeks, every commercial or every show or every movie. right? Like some big people still have to audition, for example. But is that true for for you? Basically, as far as not as much. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, like. Alright, so, so the show that I, I work on that I... I don't mean literally audition, but I mean... No, but... Selling yourself, it's not, essentially. It's not necessarily an audition, but I'll, I'll give you a good example. The show that I won an Emmy for, the day the series, um, you know, with, with, with my, my guys, uh, Gregory Martin, Gregory mm-hmm. J. Martin, and Christos Andrews, and all the entire team and cast and crew, and they were all awesome. <laughs> you can go ahead and plug that in. It's yeah. the Bay on. You can on the Bay the series dot com. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, but the way that I met them is I actually I kind of submitted myself for a producer at on a show a movie that we did before. It was called A Place Called Hollywood, and I had to submit. You know. I've produced this and this and this and this, and I, I had a, a legit interview. I mean, it, it's not the like same. Like a, a real job interview. Well, we have a ghetto bird flying over us. It just says we're in L.A. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily an audition, but I had to, I had to send in a resume, and I, I had to go through the process. Right. Luckily, I was hired on that, that film and then hired onto the series that they do afterwards mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I did a good job on a place called Hollywood so um, yeah I was able to, to to be hired for the series as well um, yeah and then I don't know if I mentioned this I might have about that series about that series place called, uh, well, that was part of the thing that we were at that party for the other night too by the way yeah which I made fun of the step and repeat thing and you yeah, caught me on Twitter oh yeah well it went on both Looking corny. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then you saw it. <laughs> I like making fun of that. But anyway, thanks for inviting me. Anyway. But anyway, back. I mean, we're we're trying to work on Siciato together. Are we? Am I allowed to talk about that or no? Yeah, sure. Of course. Oh, I mean, I mean I'll, so yeah, I haven't talked about that. This is only uh, this is only the third podcast. So I mean, I and I don't talk about myself that much. But so yeah, so I was gonna do my first feature that I wrote with my partner Hoos Miller, who will probably be on the show eventually. Actually, hopefully after we after we make the movie, right? But um, so yeah, I was gonna make it about a year and a half ago, and uh, we were talking about this too. I spent about a year on this thing, and then it came within. By the way, Paul Walker was interested in doing this thing, who I didn't even, I have to admit to you guys, I didn't actually, I have never watched the Fast and Furious movies, not one of them. So I wasn't even really sure who he was. I knew about the movies and I know how huge they were, but yeah. so. You never watched Into the Blue he, or one of those no. things either? So he, his accident happened not long after we heard that he was interested actually. But anyway, okay. um, yeah, so we were going to do this thing. And the financing fell through, which happens often, which is what we were talking yeah, about. I mean, Very often, more often than not, right? That, that, I would say that happens more often than not. I've, I've had so many projects where you work on it and you work on it, and just the financing falls out, or people are full of shit. I mean, it. it you know, there's it, various reasons that that happen, but yeah, very often it happens, and. More so when I first started out, when I was like kind of testing the waters. Now that I, I have a really good crew that I'm working with, you know, things don't fall apart as much when we're developing it ourselves because we know we're going to develop and yeah. finance it ourselves. Yeah, and it's up to you, basically. It's up to us. Yeah. But but yeah, like when I first started, you know, I, I would get a, a zillion projects and. People would say, "Oh, this person's attached. This person's attached," and then you, you find out from the agent. It's a load of yeah. I've never even heard of this project, right? But well, there is a lot of that in this city. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Hopefully, we can. Hopefully, we'll do that, and hopefully, well, you'll you guys will all hear about it. Obviously, if this happens, but yeah. we could talk about more of that later. Sure. But um, and obviously, if we do this, then we'll we'll be back on. You know, after we do this. But I would too. I would too. Um. So, we'll be streaming, uh, 
having drinks naked. <laughs> yes. So tune in in one year, hopefully. Um, so about producing, like, is there anything that you could talk about as far as maybe someone that, as far as advice, let's say like someone that wants to do this. Can you talk about what it takes? What does it take to make a movie? Cause this is a colossal undertaking. And let's, let's say, and let's just say, for example, it's somebody that was not born here and went to uh, Beverly Hills high school and whatever, you know, and grew up and has, and knows everybody. Let's say it's a guy who is in Seattle or something. And, so he has a script. He wants to do this stuff. I'm the, the poster boy of not having anyone entertainment. I, I was born in Carmel, California, up north, but I was raised in Maryland, and I went to Virginia Tech, um, finance and IT, uh, and I came out here, and I was working for a big finance company, not anything to do with entertainment. And I kind of fell into it. And I was lucky because I had a series of events that just progressively got better and better. But that's not the typical thing. But that's the best part about entertainment is there is no typical method to get into entertainment. Uh, right. There's not There's not a clear path. Like you're going to go to a college and then you're going to go like get in at a firm or something and then you start whatever. whatever. Like, like I said, you can literally be uh, fresh out of prison and then succeed in Hollywood. Absolutely. Literally. I think, yeah, you, I think there's quite a few people that have done that. Like, all those, <laughs> uh, no, it says I, a lot about the business. I'm not saying that, like, in, in a negative way, but, like, uh, wasn't Danny Trejo, wasn't he, like, a guest? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was, he's, sure. He's in, like, 500 films or something yeah. crazy like that. And Eddie Bunker, one of my favorite books is, of all time is called No Beast So Fierce. And Eddie Bunker wrote, and uh, he was the guy that John Voight he was John Voight's. John Voight played him basically in Heat. That was Eddie Bunker, and Eddie Bunker was Mister Blue in, in Reservoir Dogs, uh, the older guy. He was a big bank robber, and he did all kinds of time. And uh, anyway, so that's another example. And he and Danny Trejo actually were friends from. Uh, San I, I think it might have been San Quentin. Yeah, it was somewhere like that. But anyway, it, yeah. So my advice, and I gave this. It sounds so corny, but I gave this advice to. I had a, a, a niece um, that did a project on three people, and the, the project was about careers, and so she chose me and my brother Justin, my brother's a, a successful restaurateur, and um, and uh, she did a section, one of the people was me, and this was the advice, one of the questions was, what advice would you give to kids, you know, and they were in fifth grade, what advice would you give to kids that wanted to get into your profession? And my advice was, do whatever you can to make it in the industry. And what I mean by that is, do anything. Start as a PA. Start as a runner. Get coffee. Um, be on set. Be an extra. Anything you're doing, I try and do as much as possible in the entertainment industry when I was first starting. I would, I, I would be an extra. I would be a PA. I would, I would ask. So you, you did all that stuff. Of course. I mean, I would, I would go out of my way to find any single job I would do to be on set or be around people and network and give them my card and, and do this, that, and the other. Anything you can to. You know, be involved in what you want to do. And it just doesn't apply to the entertainment industry. It applies to any other industry. Whatever you can do to be involved in your field that you want to, you want to be in. Um, and, and I think that it really, it really helps to, to immerse yourself in the industry that you want to be in. And I've said this before, you know, on my Facebook and, and some other platforms. Is you have to you have to look at it like this. If you want to be successful at something, is you need to look at it as your full time job. If if you want to be in entertainment, you have to know what it's like to struggle so much that you would do anything in the world to succeed. And here's an example: if you're in a pool and you go down to too deep. You struggle with your entire life to get to air, right? So 
Imagine that scenario in your industry. Struggle so much that you want to breathe. Fight so hard to be successful at your industry that you want to get to air. And that is when you'll start realizing what it really takes to be successful. I mean, some of these guys that are just multi-billionaires from, from producing or any other industry, mm-hmm. they fought so hard. And you can't even imagine the struggles that they've gone through to get where they are. If you put your all into something, I mean, literally, humans are, are an amazing species where... They can accomplish the most crazy goals in the world if they put their minds to it, but there's truly a struggle. And, and once you start realizing that, all right, do I want to do I want to go? And my girlfriend's gonna hate me for this. Do I want to go have dinner for with my girlfriend, or do I want to be on set? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be working towards my goal? Do I want to? Is is this more important than going out with my friends and having a beer? It, it really takes a lot of work. And I work, I'll give you an example. I work so much that I put myself in the emergency room. I was doing two movies at the same time, and I was lead producer on And one movie was shooting from noon until midnight. The other movie was shooting from midnight until noon. Wow. And I did that for multiple weeks, and I, I put myself in the hospital, and the doctor's like... Was this exhaustion? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was exhaustion, and the doctor was like, you're not sleeping, you're, you're not mm-hmm. eating right. It's because my diet was, you know, a yeah. and Twizzlers. Right, right. And had no sleep for a couple weeks. He's like, really? Stop being a fucking idiot. Um, but this is what it takes. You don't understand. Like, I'm really glad that you started to talk about this. Yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is a really important thing, and this is actually a, a common through line this is only the third podcast, but it's the same thing. These are these other two guys at um, Brian Larkin and Kevin Schulman. Brian Larkin, an actor. I mean, he fourteen years he was working before he, he got this movie London Has Fallen with Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was working as an actor, doing other things, but he you know was doing like security jobs. Or, but he gave everything that he did a hundred percent. And the same thing with Kevin Schulman. He was, he really grounded out for years, busted his ass. So. You know, that's what it takes. You cannot half-ass it in any art, can you? Or in anything, really. Yeah. So this is exactly what I wanted to, to hear about. Like, what does it take to do what you do or to make a movie or just to do what you do? It, it takes a lot. I mean, I, I've gone through that where, where I've put myself in the hospital from exhaustion, but it, it's not just that. It, it is mentally draining. Like, on a daily basis, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this as this is what I really do. Like, I'll wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I have meetings and phone calls and emails all day long. I'm on set all day long. And even while I'm on set, I'm working on other deals. So, I'm fortunate enough to have a really good team on, on a lot of my projects where I'm able to jump off set, have a meeting, or, or have phone calls while I'm on set. Um, but yeah, you have to constantly grind. And it's it's really hard when you're first starting out. I mean, another aspect is you don't make a lot of money when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. A lot of your jobs as a, a PA or an intern or some of them are unpaid. You're just getting experience. You're just getting contacts. So it's really difficult to hop into this industry where having no pay is a norm again that's another sort of anomaly in this business it's a little different than others where that's more accept that happens more often it's acceptable and obviously it's not it's not legal it's against the law um and that's why there's so many lawsuits coming up with some of these major corporations you know there's lawsuits because you know people that are working on major motion pictures as interns are not being paid and they're like we're doing something that someone you would pay is doing the same job. Yeah. So, so yes, there's legalities to it, but again, I'm I'm not saying go sue your boss who's not paying you because that will probably sure. uh, not do too good for you in a sure uh, in of the course run. But but it, it happens, and sometimes it, it's a weight on 
alright, do I want to do this? Do I want to get the experience? Versus am I, am I going to, you know, give up this job and go work at Coffee Bean and, and make a living? Right, you know? right. Or, yeah, and, or and because maybe if you don't, if you don't have a certain real need for it, then you probably shouldn't do it because it takes that. It takes so much to really. To do, do, what do you think about as far as personal qualities? I just you know I just realized you know like I'm not going to mention a very famous producer, very very famous, very well established producer. You know, there are more than one yeah. that's you know pretty well known for not being maybe the best human being. There's a lot of sharks in this business, and there there isn't in, in in any really in any field, but there in in this business maybe more so than others. And you're and you're a nice guy, and I don't think you have any desire to go in that direction. And you don't feel there's not a need for it, is there? Or what do you think about personal qualities and 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 making your your foray into this business? I, I don't think there's a need to be a shark or an asshole. I think there is there is a happy medium between being assertive and getting what you need versus being a fucking shithead. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a fine line. Uh, I mean, at, at some points you have to kind of put your foot down. Yeah. You, you, you seem like an asshole, but it doesn't need to be that way all the time. I mean, you can get your point across with being assertive and just stating the fact, I need this and this and this done. If they don't like it, fine. I mean, I've, I, I'll give you a good example. I've, I've been on set, and I've been the lead producer on a lot of shows and, and movies. And you just say, look, hey, PAs, I need you to go do this. I need you to go make this run. I need you to make this run. I need you to make this run. Mm-hmm. And after a while, they're like, oh, my God, I can't. I, you're, you, I can't keep doing getting coffee every hour. Well, you know what? Sometimes that's part of paying your dues. Well, somebody else will. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. If you can't do it, fine. Yeah. You know what? There was 200 other people that submitted their applications, and they're fine to do it. Yeah. Um, and you did it. Yeah, and I did it. And you won an Emmy. And I won an Emmy. So there you go. Even, even as, as a, an executive producer, as a producer, as, as an investor in, in lots of films, I still will go get coffee or donuts or run and uh, check a location I mean that I, says a lot about you man that's but that's what a real leader is to me we've I, you know I've, I've actually talked about this also uh, in a previous uh, episode uh-huh. yeah and it's like that's amazing to me and that really says a lot if you if you're willing to do you're not if you're gonna ask someone of something it's something that you it's something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself basically yeah, you know what I mean exactly. I, I and to get it done that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. Now, there is certain cir- circumstances where I'm on set and well, I have to be on set. You're busy. You got your own th- It's not like you want to go get coffee, but I mean, yeah. but you, you're going to do whatever it takes to get shit yeah. done and make shit happen. And a lot of times when I'm the head producer, you will see me the first on set, the last one to leave, cleaning up fucking trash that people leave. You do that? Yeah. Wow. I'll help out. If, if I'm going to have PAs walking around clean up stuff the quicker we get done the quicker we get done yeah we succeed as a team not as a dictator telling people what to do now don't get me wrong i've had my moments where i'm like okay i've been up since 4 a.m if now 2 a.m i'm going to bed yeah don't get me wrong i've had those (laughs) nights where i'm like i'm not doing it tonight right but for the most part yeah you know it's a team effort so I, I like to lead by example and not dictating to, to other people. Well, I think uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a second. Okay. I think we've been going for a while. But did you want to talk a little bit about um, things that you might have planned for the future or anything that you might want to plug or anything, or things that you might want to do or anything else? Anything else that you might want to say? Sure. Um, I have quite a few projects coming up. Um, we're, we're working on another um, action film. Um, Which is, what is that? It doesn't have a title yet. Okay. Uh, City Auto? It, <laughs> untitled um, action film, which we're going to do uh, kind of like on the submarine. A submarine movie? Uh, a submarine I love movie. submarine movies. Yeah, That's a great genre. genre. So, so Dust Boots, one of my favorite movies. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Um, that's coming up. I have another project I'm working on with uh, two huge comedy actors, I can't say, 
probably shooting towards soon. Mm-hmm. I'm working on another project called Hellstorm with writer-director William Butler, uh, my producing partner Nick Bicey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with uh, CM Punk from WWE. Now he's going to be an uh, MMA fighter. Okay. And his wife, uh, AJ uh, Brooks, I think is her name. I don't, I, I don't know if she goes by AJ Lee, which is her like character name, or AJ Brooks, which is her okay. name. Well, hopefully we got it. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> um, and then we have Margaret Cho, the comedian. Um, and quite a few uh, other really Brian Goff, awesome actor. Um, quite a few other people that's going to be shooting in Mississippi, mm-hmm. hopefully in the next few months. Um, and then you know, I, I like I said, I have twenty movies in development and sixteen TV shows. Hopefully, you know, I'm working on a, a reality show with Asylum Entertainment. Um, I, I can't say what networks we've been pitching, but we're at, we have some some good uh, good traction with some of the networks with my brother and, and Travis uh, Justin Savior and Travis Lester. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. You know, I have lots of stuff coming up. I'm really excited about. Uh, I have quite a few network TV shows in the works um, that I should be hearing back within the next few months. Jesus. I've, I've quite a few movies coming up. Um, you know, I'm working on another another project with uh, called Rhythm with my um, producing partner, Jason Avalos. Um, that's going to be really like a really good, solid movie where it's not going to be any fluff. And, and Jason keeps stressing out. Um, he's a writer, director, mm-hmm. and actor, and, and, and producing with me. But he, he wants to do 20 takes per scene. He wants to get really solid performances. And he's had a, a, a film in con which he did a similar technique. So really excited about that one coming up. Um, I have another comedy coming up called uh, What the F Is He Thinking? I'm doing with Joe Carlini. Um, going to be cinematography by Tyler Rousseau, who I've done about, I don't know, four or five films with. It's about a hundred movies. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Um, which we'll talk about more. That would be really be great. But um, okay, do you want to give your Twitter handle or anything like that, or any kind of anything to follow you? Yeah. Look at your name. Google your name. Well, dude, seriously, you really are. A, you're really inspiration. Your work ethic and uh, you know your attitude. It's seriously, it's really fucking impressive. And uh, I'm really, really glad that you took a minute to uh, have a couple vodka sodas with me. Well, I had them. You didn't. I had them. <laughs> okay. Well, we had a couple. <laughs> so really, seriously though, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. I, re- I really enjoyed being on. Cool, great talk. Cool. So that was Jared Safier. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I thought that was really inspirational, actually, myself. And like always, whenever you record something or you you say something, it's like later you think, oh, I wish we would have talked about that. You know, we actually hung out for probably a couple hours after we recorded this talk, and. um And we were telling stories about how we both knew, like I, you know, and obviously I'm not going to get specific, but I was friends with somebody, for example, who is a regular now on a really, really popular TV show, a cable network TV show. And uh, yeah, so I've known him for a while and obviously he blew up on this thing. And since he blew up on this thing, he um, doesn't answer, I haven't even seen him, he doesn't answer texts very often. You know, it's one of those kind of bummer, disappointing stories and it happens. And he had a story he wish he included, a similar one about the um, same kind of thing. It was a guy who was in a huge series. It was, he, friends for years and years, really, really good friend. And he got on a big series and a big, he was a regular. And then he, he dropped off, totally ignored him. And then years later, Jared started producing. 
and this guy, his work had dried up as an actor. And then Jared saw that he had, uh, I guess his agent had submitted for some something that he was doing. So they called him in. And so sure enough, he's sitting in front of Jared and uh, Jared called him out. Hey, man, what's up? I haven't talked in a while. So yeah, long story short, he didn't hire him. But I thought that was a really cool, really kind of cool story. Because he's, he's a loyal guy, you know? He's a hardworking, loyal guy. And uh, that's just something I really appreciate. And, um, you know, that's kind of a through line in, the, in the, the guys that I've talked to so far here. And I hope it keeps going. I really, um, I love that. I love what that's all about. So yeah, that's it. Here's the thing about when I ask about reviewing and rating on iTunes, please do it if you can. If you just take a second to do it, it's not about likes, you know, about popularity. What it is, is iTunes actually will, uh, will help promote the show if we get more of that. So if you get a second to please go to iTunes and rate the show, it'd really be helpful. Hope you enjoy and we'll see you next week. Thanks.